0: Welcome to week two of the Shabbos Learning Project. We will be continuing and concluding our learning of the halachas of laundering and cleaning clothing and garments on Shabbos. Last week, we discussed uh, two out of the three processes when it comes to cleaning clothing. We discussed the beginning process, the soaking procedure, and we also discussed the rinsing or scrubbing procedure and everything related. Uh, to those processes. Now let's get to our third category in laundering, in the prohibited act of laundering on Shabbos, and that is squeezing. Sekhita, wringing a garment uh, clean, wringing it of liquid, or squeezing out liquid, um, is biblically prohibited. Um, However, it's true that one is not allowed to squeeze liquid out of a garment, but that only applies to absorbent materials, like wood, or cotton Um, the sponge is the ultimate uh, squeezing material it's highly absorbent that's what it's for and therefore it is fully prohibited to squeeze water out of a um, out of a sponge on shabbos Um, that is all biblically prohibited there's a rabbinic decree that extends squeezing not only out of an absorbent um, material but even when you have water that is trapped in between fibers. The example of this is uh, mentioned in the Rambam, is that of sa'ar, s'chita besar, squeezing hair. Um, Hair doesn't really absorb the water, and certainly not if it's synthetic. Hair doesn't absorb the water, but it is trapped in between the fibers. So there is a rabbinic decree against squeezing out water that is trapped in between the fibers. So what then is a Shabbos sponge and how are we permitted to wash dishes on Shabbos? Obviously, you can wash them with your hands, but can you use some sort of material to get the dish clean to make it easier? So a Shabbos sponge is one that has uh, synthetic bristles and those synthetic bristles or fibers don't absorb anything in the fibers themselves and they're also spread apart. It's designed in such a way that the fibers are spread apart from one another so that there is no water that's trapped in between. Essentially, if you would pour water into the Shabbos sponge, uh, the water would go straight through. Now, it doesn't just flow straight through because it's being stopped uh, by a material, but it doesn't get trapped there uh, for very long. So since it does not absorb the liquid, and also doesn't expand when coming in contact with water, which would indicate that it is uh, holding the water somehow, um, and there's noticeable space in between the bristles and in between the fibers, therefore it's permitted to use in Shabbos. That's the that's the makeup of the Shabbos sponge. Now, how close is too close together, right? We're talking about synthetic fibers that trap the water in between the fibers. Can't be too close. How close is too close? It's Not entirely clear. Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein writes in his tshuva, that in a tshuva and chilek aleph, that you're not permitted to use a toothbrush on Shabbos. Um, in addition to the issue of using toothpaste, which could be an issue of mimareach, using toothpaste and spreading it out, but even just using a toothbrush with water, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, is problematic for this reason, because you are squeezing the water out of the toothbrush. Fortunately, there are plenty of Shabbos options available now, um, but using a standard toothbrush, that would be an example that according, at least according to Moshe Feinstein, um, those bristles are too close together, too close for comfort, and uh, would be an issue of schita, a rabbinic prohibition of schita, of wringing, squeezing out liquid between, uh, from in between those, those fibers. Now, in addition to uh, soaking up spills, so that's a synopsis of the prohibition of squeezing, of wringing out. Now, in addition to actually squeezing a garment um, of its water, which, as we mentioned, is prohibited either um, biblically or rabbinically, there's an additional uh, prohibition, rabbinic prohibition, against handling a garment that is completely saturated. uh, Because a person would absentmindedly uh, just squeeze the water out of it, or not even absentmindedly, just in his concern for the garment and making sure that it's free from water and doesn't get all over the place, he or she may squeeze it uh, dry. So therefore the Chachamim prohibited us from handling garments that are fully saturated. But I chose that word garment specifically because it really only applies to garments um, and not to rags or towels or other things that are really meant for spills that there is no concern that you would come to squeeze it. So if there's a large spill on a tablecloth which happens in certain houses like 30 seconds after Kiddush, Uh, if there's a spill on a tablecloth or a carpet or an upholstered couch, um, it's best just to place down paper towels and let them automatically soak up the surface liquid. Uh, Pressing down on those surfaces, on those substances, may be a problem of squeezing. Uh, and, And therefore, you just have to place it down gently. And you also shouldn't be using something precious, a garment of some kind. If you run out of towels, using, say, an undershirt uh, may be problematic because if you put down the undersh- undershirt and then it gets totally saturated with liquid, even if it's dirty liquid and it's not going to clean the undershirt, now we have a new issue. You can't pick up the undershirt because you may come to squeeze it. So uh, that's a rare circumstance, just spelling out the basics of this rule, which is, that yes, you can in many circumstances allow liquid to be soaked up in a garment, just be careful. In certain circumstances, uh, a person uh, may not be allowed to handle that garment because of the fear of squeezing. The way we handle most of our spills uh, is it really doesn't come into this issue because we use usually paper towels or towels and there's no concern there. Let's move to another issue uh, under the realm of squeezing um, clothing. So if a person is walking around, let's say, this is actually a question on the test, on the, qu- the weekly quiz, uh, you're walking around on Shabbos and it's uh, pouring rain, and you get a significant amount, you step into a deep puddle, and your socks are now totally saturated and soaked with water. What can you do? We just mentioned there's a biblical prohibition against squeezing liquid out of a garment on Shabbos. So is that a problem? Are you stuck? The next step you take you will be effectively squeezing water out of your socks. So what can you do? Another very similar scenario. You don't have water in your shoes, but water is below your shoes. You're walking to Shoal, and you get to the front door, and the facility staff so diligently put out uh, some rugs to absorb the, um, the water, mass amount of liquid that's coming in on people's shoes, so you can wipe your feet. But if you're not the first one to come in to shul that morning, or that afternoon, whenever it is, and the carpet is now totally saturated, what are you allowed to do? Can you walk in and step on that carpet, or do you have to find some other way of catapulting yourself into the building? So here, Rav Shlomo Orbach and others discuss this issue, and they maintain that it is permissible to continue walking in those shoes or if there's no other choice to walk on that saturated carpet. And the reason is, first of all, you have absolutely no intention of squeezing the liquid out of your shoes. It's really not what you're trying to do. But more than that, more importantly, um, the reason is because the water gets instantly reabsorbed into the surface that you're squeezing it out of. Certainly in the case of your socks inside your shoes. So when you take a step, some of the water gets um, squeezed through the fabrics of, fabric of your socks And then when you lift your foot up, and a lot of it gets reabsorbed back into the sock. So since really nothing has been accomplished by this step, um, the post allow you to continue walking. The same thing is true about walking on the carpet, the saturated carpet, when you walk into a shul. Yes, it is better to avoid the situation, to sidestep the carpet if possible, but it's really not necessary to go um, to extremes. It is permissible to step on that type of a carpet because... Um, all the water is going to instantly get reabsorbed and therefore it is permissible to, uh, to keep walking and, and to come into show That's the topic of what happens when socks are totally saturated. And it's an important idea that has applications in uh, a number of scenarios. Let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk for a few minutes about baby wipes. Um, this is a much discussed and uh, rather heated halachic discussion. Here, uh, the use of baby wipes is pretty popular. It's pretty popularly accepted as being permissible on Shabbos. Um, and you can keep listening, because I'm not going to say otherwise uh, in this podcast. But let me just share the points and counterpoints behind this hotly contested subject and uh, issue a word of caution. So, the Minchas uh, Yitzchak and the safer recent Sefer, Orches Shabbos, There's a very long discourse on this, and they both maintain that it is forbidden to use baby wipes on Shabbos. The reason for their prohibition is uh, squeezing. You're squeezing the liquid out of the wipe. Now, I just want to clarify, the squeezing that they're referring to is not really the squeezing of uh, our topic this week, of laundering. They're talking about the squeezing that is a subcategory of Dush of threshing, which we're not going to get into now. But since it is closely related, I wanted to mention this here. Um, in any case, so they forbid, they say, that when you're squeezing, when you're using a wipe, you are squeezing the liquid out of the wipe, um, and that is a problem. Uh, there are others who are more lenient. Reb Usher Weiss, Shlita, the great contemporary posek rules leniently on this matter. And he gives a strong and important halachic principle uh, that actually governs several of his responsum, he understands that the, use, that the water used um, in baby wipes, the, what, what you actually use when you use a baby wipe, is not the cleansing liquid absorbed into the wipe, but rather it's the layer of liquid that is deliberately engineered to remain on the surface of the wipe. And therefore, when you're using the wipe, you're really just using the surface liquid and not the uh, the liquid that is absorbed into the wife. He adds that even if one could use advanced imaging to prove that the internal liquid comes through, since that's not what is readily apparent, it's okay. We need not be concerned for a scientific analysis in the world of halacha, which deals with how things appear in the re- real world and to our human perception. It's a very interesting An important um, uh, perspective and one that we definitely don't have time for full treatment in this short class i just wanted to mention it because it is a fascinating and important uh, viewpoint so um, the bottom line is that he permits the use of wipes unless you are deliberately squeezing them in other words to use a wipe gently is fine because then you're using the surface liquid according to Ravasha weiss it's just the surface once you start pressing down hard That is a problem, according to everybody, because you are intentionally squeezing the internal liquid um, out of the wipe. So, more to the point of our class today, the use of baby wipes, according to the most uh, lenient opinions, is permitted, but only for use in its classic way, which is to use on human skin. It doesn't mean that one can take a baby wipe and remove a stain from a couch or from clothing. Um, First of all, as I mentioned before, Even Rabashar Weiss Weiss would hold that if you deliberately squeeze a wipe to take out that absorbed liquid, it's a problem. And furthermore, even if one were to use a wipe gently, um, there's a separate issue, which is the laundering, which is cleansing the couch or the garment or the clothing. You're intentionally wetting and cleansing the, the clothing. Forget the wipe. So this is something that I've seen people make a mistake with, and therefore I wanted to... Um, just to clarify so that we can know exactly how to operate in a permissible, permissible way on Shabbos. Um, so therefore, if there is a stain on your couch or on your stroller or on your children's clothing or on your tie, it is not permissible to use a wipe for that. And this is even according to the Lingan position regarding the general use of baby wipes. Okay, let's get to uh, two more brief topics, brief but important and common issues, and that is um, not directly related to the actual prohibition of laundering, but it does fall under the same um, general umbrella. And number one is folding clothing, and the second topic we'll conclude with is hanging up wet clothing. So among these halakhos, as they're presented in Shulchan Aruch, um, is in, it includes the prohibition against folding garments, meaning among the halachos of cleaning clothing, the Shulchan Aruch also talks about folding clothing. Uh, one issue is preparation. If one is folding clothing that will not be used on Shabbos, then that is an issue of preparing for after Shabbos, uh, unless your intention is really just to make the room neat and you want to put away your towels or your clothing, uh, then you can fold it to put away. Um, and it's not an issue of preparation. But the other issue, the one that's related to our topic, is that folding clothing and taking out creases is not laundering, but it is improving the appearance of the clothing, and it looks like one is completing the garment, changing it from material to a beged, to a garment, and it's under the general category of makhabe patish, of of completing an aina. So Therefore, the Sholchan says that it is preferable to follow the opinion, that one should not fold at all um, on creases. One may not fold a garment on its creases on Shabbos. The Mishnah Bura commends one who wishes to be stringent and not fold at all, meaning not even off the creases. So that's so number one. Shulchan Aruch says uh, it is preferable not to fold on creases. Off the creases is fine. Number two, Mishnah says don't fold at all. It should also be noted that the Orach Shulchan and others quote the position of the kolbo, cited in the Beis Yosef and others, who many generations ago observed that um, the folding of contemporary garments, even garments of those days, doesn't seem to have the same finishing effect uh, as it did in the days of antiquity, in the days of Chazal, and suggests that this is the reason why so many are not careful with this halacha. Um, this is cited in the Shulchan Aruch, however, it is definitely best to stay on the accepted halachic path and uh, not to fold or at least uh, not to fold on the creases and on the lines. So as I mentioned before, um, if you have towels lying around a room, towels don't have creases, and therefore there's no prohibition. There's no problem of folding towels um, unless you're preparing for after Shabbos. But if you're just straightening up a room, want to fold the towels to put them back in the linen closet, that would be permissible to, to do. Uh, one more point, very common actually, is that y- you don't have to go out of your way not to fold. So for example, if you're draping your pants over a hanger um, or on the back of a chair, so if it falls along its natural creases, that's okay. The Shemir Shabbos Kulchasa says that's not a problem. Uh, the issue is de- deliberately folding. If that's the natural way in which the pants are, are hung up, then that is okay. So that's with regards to folding, and finally, let's talk about hanging up wet clothing. Um, So there's a prohibition against hanging up wet clothing because it looks like one is involved in laundering on Chavez. Um, But it has to to be, the prohibition is only in the usual way. If either the place in which you are hanging the clothing or the style in which the clothing is being hung is unusual, then it's permissible. So while you can't hang a wet um, overcoat, let's say, or a wet jacket um, in the usual areas, like a laundry room or even a bathroom. But you can hang it in an unusual area, like a closet or on the back of a chair, uh, if your one is permitted to do so. Um, you can also hang it in an unusual way, like in a crumpled shape, uh, which may leave creases, but at least it's permissible to hang that way. Um, in addition, many posts can maintain that this entire prohibition of hanging up wet clothing does not apply to clothing that is not usually laundered at home. If, you have, if your clothing is usually dry cleaned, like suits or many coats, then there is no prohibition against hanging up those clothing in any way um, there's, because it is obvious that you didn't just launder that clothing because it's always dry cleaned. So that's about um, hanging clothing. So we've covered um, our selected topics in the realm of laundering clothing. I want to conclude um, with a note about Shabbos clothes in general, as long as we're talking about clothing. So the, the concept of Shabbos clothes, of having special clothes for Shabbos, is something which is deeply embedded in, in Judaism, in Yiddishkeit. Um, I'm reminded there's even, there's a story, there's like a popular Israeli fable, not even necessarily from, a popular Israeli fable published back in the 1930s. Um, it's called Simlat HaShabbat Shalchanaleh. It's a story about a little girl who gets dressed for Shabbos in her Shabbos clothes on Friday. And there is an old man who's going out with a package of coals. And she goes to help him cross the street. She gets all dirty. And when she gets home, she realizes how dirty she is and she cries. She's upset that her Shabbos clothes are stained. And the fable goes the story goes that the moon sees her tears and send, sends down rays of light to clean the stains, which then become stars instead of stains. That's a, an old fable. It's a question if the moon is allowed to clean clothing on Shabbos. But it, it, it speaks not to the idea of laundering, but to the importance of uh, special clothing for Shabbos. Um, in even holier sources, the Gemara says in Shabbos Kofi Gimel that when the verse Nishai says, v'chibadato, you should honor Shabbos, the Gemara explains, Your Shabbos clothing should not be the same as your weekday clothing. And there, Rav Hunan, the Gemara, says, if a person has a change of clothing for Shabbos, we now live in a world where we're so incredibly affluent, Baruch Hashem, that we're able, everybody has Shabbos clothing. Uh, wasn't always that case throughout history. Uh, so the Gemara says explicitly, if you have, then you should wear it, change your clothing. But if you don't have Shabbos clothing, Gemara says you shall shell bibigada. A person should let down uh, his clothing. in In those days, wearing they used to uh, um, they used to shorten their clothing when it was during regular days, and lo- and, and wear longer clothing as a sign of nobility on Shabbos yantav, and special occasions. And therefore, if Huna the Gemara recommends letting down your clothing if that's all you have. But you see the central importance of of Shabbos clothing. The Selan Marebi writes in his Sefer Nesiva Shalom that Big Day Shabbos, Shabbos clothing, um, is not just about looking good. He says, um, I'll tell you, his his words are, Indian Big Day Shabbos heim Big Day Kodesh. They are uh, sanctified garments. Hametarim es kol evarev shel Yehudi, that work to purify the limbs of a Jew. B'chetei shiyuchali kaneis la Shabbos Kodesh l'lokabel es orah in order to enter into Shabbos and to receive its, its light. He says that it's a way in which we can sanctify our bodies and ready ourselves to receive the blessings of Shabbos by honoring Shabbos and wearing, um, wearing Shabbos clothing. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Shabbos clothes are our most comfortable clothing. Um, yeah, Shabbos is a day of rest, but also... Uh, it's a day of holiness and spiritual fulfillment. And the Slumber Rebbe is teaching us that Shabbos clothes is not just an external attire, but it's a form of worship, it's a form of avodah, and a way of internalizing the radiance and the holiness of Shabbos. I'll conclude with this. There's a story told of this stipler um, who had a stain on his hat or on his clothing, and somebody had the audacity to call him out on it and say something to the effect that walking around with that stain is not covet Shabbos. To which he replied, in this case, having dirty clothing is covet Shabbos. By keeping Shabbos properly, uh, we may may not see the moon sending down rays of light to cleanse our clothing, but it is our hope that through honoring Shabbos through our clothing and through keeping the halachos that we learned here this week, we will merit internal light, not the rays of the moon, but our own internal rays, Shining forth, um, and in the honor of Shabbos, have a good Shabbos and a wonderful week. And thank you for joining me.